0: Hey, everyone, welcome to Flash from the Past, the podcast where I look back on the years nineteen ninety to two thousand ten and review one game and one movie. uh sometimes they link up, and there's themes this week, like this week, and sometimes they don't, but uh, we have fun anyways. Uh, we have a very special week this week uh Star Wars. Uh, Instead of focusing on some of the better parts of the franchise, I took it upon myself to rewatch episode one and then play the pod racing game on N64 because that was the most exciting part of the movie. So the game can't be terrible, right? Guess we'll find out soon. But first, current events. NHL playoffs are in full force. I've got my wife watching and having fun with me. She likes to pick the teams uh, that have the best uniforms and the cutest boys, and I'm okay with that. (laughs) Um, It's been a lot of fun getting back into it. Um, We watched St. Louis and Dallas last night. We were going for Dallas, but uh, St. Louis prevailed. So maybe next year. Both my teams are out anyway. So now uh, I don't know who I'm going to go for. Hopefully, uh, Colorado beats San Jose tonight. Though, uh, I've been playing Borderlands Game of the Year Edition, still having tons of fun with that. Uh, if anyone out there wants to play co-op, let me know. Um, I can definitely level boost you. I've already I'm pretty high already. So, um, finally, wife and I started watching Veronica Mars, um, at the behest of my wife. She loves the show, and I've never seen it. So after uh, she bugged me for a while, I finally relented. Um, and it's actually quite good. We're only two episodes in, and, but it's grabbed me. It's got me um, excited to see where it goes. So I'm uh, pleasantly surprised with that. Uh, also, this week for comics, I picked up Ronin Island, uh, issue three. And then we also have a little... It's like short novellas, stor- short stories. It's called Final Fantasy Thirteen, Episode Zero, Promise. Um... It takes the thirteen days before Final Fantasy Thirteen, and it tells you what all the characters were going through. So I'm excited to read that. It's in uh, novel form, and uh, we'll see see how where that goes. I'm excited to learn more about the characters, because um, you didn't get as much in the game as I wanted. So. I think that's everything for current events. So let's move right into the movie of the week: Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Uh, let's get some specs out of the way first. Uh, released May nineteen ninety nine, budget was one hundred fifteen million in nineteen ninety nine. That equals about one hundred seventy five million in today' money, and it made four hundred seventy four million in the U S. and just over one billion worldwide. Um, to put in perspective, that's total. Avengers did that in a week, I think. So it's pretty pretty crazy. Um, the trilogy starts... This trilogy stars Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, Liam Neeson as Kwajanin, Nellie Natalie Portman as Padme and Queen Amidala, uh, poor little Jake Lloyd as Anakin Skywalker, and then even poor Ahmed Best as Jar Jar Binks. Um, and probably the best live action actor in this one would be uh, Ian McDiamond McDarmid as Palpatine. Um, he is the only one that seems to have life in him, which is odd. Um, a few other notables are Sam Jackson as Mace Windu, Anthony Daniels, obviously, is the voice of C3PO, and Kenny Baker as R2D2, and Frank R's Oz, obviously, as Yoda. So. Some common people in there. Um, Some of the movie uh, review scores from that time, we have IMDb user scores gave it 6.4 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes user reviews gave it a 59%, and Rotten Tomatoes critic reviews gave it a 54%. And I'm going to have to say I agree. Uh, back in 1999, I was in eighth grade and our class was really good. We actually used to get a do a lot of fundraising and stuff and we had some extra money left over. So they took us on a field trip to the arcade and the movies. And this is a big deal because I'm from like a country town and the movies was almost 40 minutes away. <laughs> so we went to the arcade and the movies and the movie that we got to see was Star Wars episode one. Um, it was an awesome field trip. And, uh, back then I actually really enjoyed the movie. Um, the pod racing was dope. Darth Maul was mysterious, and lightsaber fights were epic. Um, It had been almost 16 years since Jedi, and this was giving new breath into the classic trilogy that nobody ever really thought they'd get again. Um, The tech uh, used and the special effects for that day were pretty good, but even then I kind of remember people complaining about young Anakin and Jar Jar. Um, It's just like this boy was going to be the mighty Darth Vader, Um, he was too sweet, too nice, too naive. Um, the complaints were warranted. And Jar Jar was too annoying. Like, why did we even need this character? Anyways, in my young mind, this was a perfectly fine movie. And I rewatched it a few times since. And I still didn't really think it was terrible. But this time, this time was different. Uh, the first thing I noticed was that the acting was actually really flat. Even with the greats people like Ewan McGregor, Liam Neeson, and even Sam Jackson, its they were all calm, and, and no emotion was given at any time. And I know that that's supposed to be the Jedi way, but even Natalie Portman, um, who would go on to win an Oscar 10 years later, seemed to be acting in a play and reading the script as they filmed. It was choppy, it was uneven. Um, plot points didn't really make sense. And you know that there's a part, like... The one of the better parts of the movie is when Yoda's, like, telling Anakin that he senses fear in him. And that was, like, the first time you could kind of see, yeah, you're right, I can see that. And I can see how that can lead to the dark side. But it was just blah. It was, like, boring. And this is when the internet was first just coming around and being mainstream. And it tore this movie apart, I remember that. Uh, Both Ahmed and Jake actually were almost chased out of Hollywood. Um, Just death threats and all kinds of stupid stuff. And the pressure that we put on actors to play what people wrote is incredible. I mean, they they did the best they could. Um, And for Ahmed, he wasn't even on screen. It was what the writers made. And I think the writers made that mistake. And I'll even go as far as to blame George Lucas for that character. It was completely unnecessary. Um... Anyways, how do you start a new trilogy, especially a prequel to a series that people hold so high? I don't think this could have done great. I think the expectations are too high. Just like I think the expectations are too high were too high with the new one, the last, um, the Force Awakens. Now, the Force Awakens actually did really good. People hated the Last Jedi. But I'm not one of those. Thankfully, this isn't a current events, a current movie. Podcast because we would have to dedicate hours to that. Um, but I think expectations are blown way out of proportion for fans for these movies. They expect way too much. They forget to just go and have fun. Uh Palpatine and Dark Maul were the best parts of the movie, and it was cool to see Tatooine. It's it's nice when there are callbacks or little things from other stories, so it but it definitely jumps around story story-wise, and it's almost nonsensical. Like, what is happening in the Senate? Why do I care? Who's the Trade Federation? Like, there's a lot of backstory that I don't know if you would have known if you hadn't read some of the books, or, like, known George Lucas and what was going on in his mind. Now, granted, when you go back and watch Star Wars A New Hope, I think it's pretty boring, because it's setting up, like, the whole lore. It's setting up everything. You didn't think there was going to be spawn this entire like, generation, this entire fandom about it. So it's expected. Um, this movie, um, Phantom Menace, should have been action-packed, as far as I'm concerned. So, do I like this movie? Meh. I give it a 2.5 out of 5. The potential was there, but the the words carried no weight. It felt sluggish. It jumped too much. Um the only thing about it good were the fight scenes. So oh, I enjoyed those. Um I did find a ranking of all the current Star Wars movies from Variety that was uh published. So let's see what Variety says. And so they only rank 10 of them right now. Solo isn't on here and obviously um Rise of Skywalker isn't on here. So we have 10 and number 10 is Phantom Menace. <laughs> Number 9 is Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Number 3 is Revenge of the Sith. So right there we have the prequel trilogy as the bottom 3 that people like. Um, number 7 is Star Wars The Clone Wars. It's the animated movie that spawned the series. The series is actually done quite well. I kind of want to watch it. It takes place, I believe, between Episodes 2 and 3 of the movies. Um, number 6 is Rogue One, which I loved. I would have placed, placed it higher on the list. Um... Number five was Episode six, Return of the Jedi. Number four is Episode seven, The Force Awakens. Number eight, or number three, is Episode eight, The Last Jedi. Number two is Episode five, Empire Strikes Back, and number one they have uh, Episode four, A New Hope. So, how do you relate? What do you think of that list? Where will Rise of Skywalker land? And where would you put Solo on that? If you are like me, hoping for the best. We're going to go straight to the top, but we'll have to wait and see. Now, before we move on to the uh, game, I did find some interesting facts from IMDb uh, about the movie. Um, so these are little trivia things. Um, I picked one, two, three, four, six or seven of the top ones that I saw that I thought were pretty cool. Uh, during filming, Ewan McGregor made lightsaber saber noises as he dueled. It was noted and corrected during post-production. That's kind of funny. I love Ewan McGregor. If you can go find, um, there's a couple of interviews with him talking about being Obi-Wan. And, uh, they're pretty funny. So I suggest go, go on YouTube and check those out. Um, sets were built only as high as the tops of the actor's head. And the computer graphics filled in the rest. Liam Neeson was so tall that he cost the set crew an extra $150,000 in construction. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I didn't think he was that tall. Um, Natalie Portman missed the premiere party in New York City because she had to go home to study for her high school final exams. She was only 14, I believe. Um, 14 or 16 in the movie. So, that's kind of cool. During the first week of the first trailer's release, many theaters reported up to 75 Percent of their audience paying full price for a movie, then walking out after the Star Wars Episode One trailer was shown. Uh, when fully dressed and in makeup, Natalie Portman and Keira Knightley resembled each other so much that even Knightley's mother, Charmin McDonald, who visited the set, had trouble identifying her own daughter. That's pretty cool. I think if you there's like I read that there's like whole websites dedicated to seeing who, uh, if you can tell who's playing who at what part. So it's pretty cool um 20th century fox released the first trailer with strict instructions that it not be shown before a certain date when a canadian movie theater accidentally showed it a date early they lost the rights to show the movie <laughs> that's that's kind of funny <clears throat> um in the galactic senate scene when Clean Am- amidala is asking for a vote of no confidence and the whole senate are on their feet shouting in the lower left corner you can see that there are et species as in the movie et extraterrestrial George Luskis included them as a tribute to his longtime friend, Steven Spielberg, as well as showing them existing in the same universe. Do that what you will. Oh, that was kind of crazy. <clears throat> so, yeah, there's some pretty good uh, little fact toys right there for you. Little nuggets. Alright, <clears throat> the game I played this week, like I said... um, it's basically taking the best part of the movie and trying to make it a game. I played Star Wars Episode 1 Racer. Um, this is a pod ra- racing game with the usual racing mechanics. Uh, it's published and developed by Lucas Arts Entertainment, released in 1999 on Dreamcast, Mac, PC, and N64. I played the N64 version, which probably the worst graphically, which is why I probably had the worst time game starts out, and you pick a racer and ship combo. You can only play as Anakin with Anakin's ship, and so on and so on. Um, And it's really only worth it to pick Anakin, because his ship is the best overall by far. So once you pick that, you go start a tournament. There are three tournaments... But don't even try to do the other two harder ones until you've completed the amateur one. Your ship isn't strong enough, and uh, you'll need to you need to win the amateur one to earn credits to upgrade your ship. The first two, few tracks are fairly easy to get through; like I had no trouble coming in first. But then, like on the sixth one, sixth or seventh one, it inexplicably gets stupid hard. Um, the learning curve just skyrockets. I'm pretty good at racing games, and I couldn't even beat the amateur tournament, so. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, I couldn't figure out how to use boost and had to Google it. And I still couldn't even do it. So maybe it was the version I played. I don't know. Graphically, and yes, I believe the N64 and PS1 error are horrible graphically. It's blocky and mud brown. And trying to follow the track, you're like, oh, let's go left. Oh, nope, that's wall, I'm dead. It's just... It gets frustrating when you're trying to just go through the track. The controls were very simple for a 10-button controller. Um, a to go, joystick to steer, B to brake. And no, none of the buttons are boost. For boost, you actually need to wait to the little ball that tells you how fast you're going, turns yellow, and then almost quickly double tap A. And no, I never got that to work. Ever. It's very frustrating. <clears throat> So, based on the terrible time I had playing this, I'm giving it a 2 out of 5. Just wasn't fun, but check out these scores from 1999. GamePro gave it a 5. 5, 5 out of 5. What game were they playing? I want whatever game they were playing. Gamespot gave it an 8.4 out of 10, which is also very high. And Video Game Critic gave it an A. I want to know who was playing this and what version... Well, those were all N64 versions. I made sure to pick those. But I want to know, like... I don't know. Maybe maybe it was good back then, but maybe now it just doesn't hold up. But a 5 out of 5? I mean... Come on. Like, Final Fantasies get 5 out of 5s. There's no way this is on par with a Final Fantasy game. So... Anyway. Let's move on to trivia. Let's get this out of our heads. Um... Something cool I didn't even know until I saw this. Um, this is all from com, by the way. Uh, Greg Proops from Whose Line fame actually voiced the announcer in the movie. And when I read that, I could actually hear. I was like, oh, that's, that's where I did, I did hear that. Um, and he does the announcer in the game as well. But I never even heard an announcer now that I think about it. Yeah, I never heard one. That's weird uh it was supposed to be pod racer but the name was already taken so they couldn't do it legally um and speaking of never hearing the announcer i did want to touch on the music or lack thereof i should say um for two laps of the race all you hear is the pod sound so you're just hearing like the engine revving the whole time super annoying then on the last lap you get faint john williams music uh, it's disappointing because I love John Williams and I love star wars music and i I love all that, and I feel like he got stiffed in the game and listening to pod <laughs> your pod's racing for you know let's see some laps are like six minutes long yeah it's ridiculous um let's do let's do our polls first from last week before we move on to the number one movie in 1994. Because I have a lot to go on because I accidentally forgot to uh, disable extra votes on the movie one. So I have a lot to read through now. Um, So I only put the polls up on... in my... uh, LGBT groups on Facebook because I tend to get the most responses there. I wish they would come over and be on my my group for this. But uh, I digress. So the one for the gamers, we had PS2 versus OG Xbox. We had a total of 40 votes almost unanimously. It was quite high. Um, PS2 got 33 of those votes and Xbox only got seven. So I guess we can say that the PS2 um, in that small poll, was better. uh, More people liked it than the Xbox. Now, for the movie's ones, I meant to just do two. I was going to do Tom Hanks versus Robert De Niro for top actor in the 90s. I forgot to limit this. This ended up getting 161 votes. And surprisingly, though, or not surprisingly... Tom Hanks got 73 of those, so he definitely won. Um, Then we had 31 people voted for Keanu Reeves. 12 people voted for Robin Williams. 12 people voted for Robert De Niro. 7 people for Freddie Prince Jr. 7 people for Leonardo DiCaprio. 7 people for Edward Norton. 6 people for Brad Pitt. 2 people for Denzel Washington. 2 people for Ryan Philippe, 1 person for Sean Connery. One for Danny Glover. One for Dennis Quaid. I don't, you can't even name a 90s movie Dennis Quaid was in. One for Ethan Hawke. One for River Phoenix, which I would put River Phoenix in the 80s category. I don't know if I would do 90s. Uh, and one for Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Mark Wahlberg I would put more in this time period. Um, he's much more popular now, I think. It's not Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch anymore. So... Yeah. Um, this week, for polls, we're going to do... Let me see. Let me get my page here. Um, For the game one, we're going to do GameCube versus PS2. We'll see if PS2 can keep its lead and uh, be overwhelming. I'm just going to start putting it against everything and seeing what happens. Um, and then the movie, we're going to come back to that in a second. I'll give you the movie poll in a second because... This ties into the number one movie, um, which is a little piece we do at the end. We Google the date and we say, what was the number one movie on this date in a certain year? This year is 1994 and the movie is called with honors. And actually I own this movie. Um, it stars Brendan Fraser and Joe Pesci and I've never seen it. Um, but the tagline or the synopsis kind of is, uh, this Harvard graduate has his thesis, this homeless guy holds it hostage and, uh, the Harvard guy who's burning Fraser needs to do whatever the homeless guy who's Joe Pesci says in order to get his thesis back. So um, that's actually going to be our movie for next week. And then our movie poll for next week is going to be the better burning Fraser movie, Airheads or Encino Man. Now, I know The Mummy outweighs all that, and uh, I love it. I love burning Fraser. I don't even care what you say. Fight Me, don't at me on that. Um, so, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I haven't picked out the game yet. Um, if you know a game or you want me to play a certain game, let me know. That brings us into our contact me. Um, you can email me at Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook at Flash Pass Pod. Join the group, join the games, join the party. You know, we have a good time. I enjoy it. Um, we're just, you know, having fun and it's short, you know, short, short time. So, uh, that does it for this week. Uh, catch up, uh, with all of you on the flip side and, uh, let me know what you think of the Star Wars. All right. Give me your list. I look forward to reading them next week. Thanks guys. Later.